Welcome to Godsplaining, contemplative preacher's contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican friars as they consider all things Catholic. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Godsplaining. I'm Father Patrick Mary Briscoe, your host today, and I'm so delighted to have with me my classmate, Father Joseph Anthony Cress. Howdy. How are you, Father How are we Joseph doing? Anthony? Uh, just, just peachy. Just peachy. Actually, I'm throwing around the microphone a little bit. So here peachy. we go. Peachy. Wow, yeah. great. 1998. Yeah. Nice to have you with us on the show. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everything's retro nowadays. The 90s are in. That's right. We can throw back. If Peachy becomes the official Godsplaining greeting, you have no one to blame but Father Joseph Anthony because... I got you. I got you back. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Father Gregory or Father Jacob Bertrand is going to uh-uh. support either one of us on this. <laughs> I get my peaches down in Georgia. That's where it's at. <laughs> nice. There it is. Um, so tell us the word. How are things at the University of Virginia? Uh, oh, sorry, I, I, mean would... Virgi- I mean Virginia Tech. Sorry about that. I mean, Oh, don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> Nobody knows what a hokey is. Let's just get over that. Okay. Um, you know, I would, I would say that things are peachy down here, but I think I've already used that. Um, but, you know, mm. it's, it's good. Listen, I, I will be happy to inform you. The Lord is doing good work. The Lord is just doing amazing things. He's um, drawing so many students to himself, and you can just see the ripple effects of grace happening uh, in in every facet of this university's life, from the professors to our students and grad students. Um, He's doing fantastic work. I think it's awesome. Um, I'm it's a privilege for me to have that kind of like front row seat to watch it happen. So Things are really good, and it's great to every now and then to take that step back and and look at how much the Lord has done, is doing, and really mm. truly continues to desire uh, to grow here. So, um, yeah, I'm just a little, uh, yeah, I'm just a little nugget of gratitude today. <laughs> nice, that's great. Over at Alatea, we're we're thinking about Lent, and we're doing a lot of work to try and figure out how to support people, how to help people pray. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about a campaign that we've got brewing um, about our new booklet, which people can get from our Sunday visitor. Let me see if I have. Oh, look, I just. Uh, Oh, oh, it's in arms reach. Or did you just pull a Rubio like (laughs) reach off screen for a bottle of water? That's right. Yeah. Um, But these (laughs) uh, these daily meditations that I wrote with um, our Sunday visitor uh, to guide people through Lent are now available. I'm excited about that project. Um, and otherwise, we're just getting ready for, you know, as you say, all the graces that the Lord is going to bestow uh, when we rock and roll on Ash Wednesday. Um, I mean, Lent is not something to, like, fear and dread. Like, I think mm-hmm. for many of us, like, we actually desire to enter into Lent and to have a spiritually rich uh, period of time. So I'm excited about uh, the resources that you're putting out. And uh, we'll talk off uh, air about how to get some of those down here to Charlottesville. <laughs> nice. Okay, sweet. Good, and I love that. Um, but what we are going to talk on air about, huh? hey. transition, there we go. See? And today's episode is Father Joseph Anthony's favorite Marian shrine. It's also my favorite Marian shrine. Uh, but today's episode uh, is devoted to Our Lady of Lourdes. Um, so, Father Joseph Anthony, um, as we jump into the episode, um, I just want to know briefly, why is Lourdes so important to you? Why is it your favorite? Yeah shrine yeah I'm, I'm happy that you clarified it's it's actually one of the um 
the favorite shine for both of us. And I, that's why I'm so excited to have uh, the two of us on this episode and that we can back and forth uh, about how much we love Our Lady of Lords and <laughs> the sanctuaries and all that fun stuff. Uh, for me, it's very personal, as with most devotions. I, I think that we get lost in that. Like Devotions are always personal in, in particular right. to the inv- individual. And this is no different. And for me, it's very personal. Um, I was in college. I was studying abroad in Austria. And I took a pilgrimage to Lourdes. And it was there that uh, through many uh, wrestlings with the Lord uh, about my vocation, I got just a very clear confirmation of my vocation to the priesthood and to the Dominicans was in the sanctuaries at Lourdes. And um, it was an opportunity to continue to encounter the Lord Jesus in his mercy, mediated uh, through his, his blessed mother, and to enter into the great mystery that, that is the apparition of Lourdes, the great mystery of the healings that take place at Lourdes, and um, to become part of that story as well um, with my own vocation. And I'm, I'm eternally grateful to uh, our Lord Jesus, the Blessed Mother, and all of those who serve uh, at Lourdes. But yeah, it's personal. Let's put it at that. It's just Yeah, personal. is that where you won the championship? You know, that's what that sounded like. You're doing a post-game interview there. Like, yeah, just hey, like I... a shout out to the Blessed Virgin Mary, to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all those who yeah. support I mean, we came out of the locker room and we had, we were playing great defense. We knew we knew we knew we were, we knew we were going to be ha- we were going to have to be aggressive in these prayers. We were aggressive. We got out there. Yeah. We were in the right places. We went to the right places. You know, playing zone at Lords is tough. <laughs> it it was it was a battle out there. There was a lot of spiritual uh, warfare that we just had to like you know put our armor on and go and go to work. But it was a, it was a team effort. There's no I in team. Like I'm not my own savior. We are in this, this is one body of Christ. We're all in this together. Uh... Okay, this is officially ridiculous. Um, I, I love Lourdes for, for very different reasons. Um, you know, as you say, like when you, when you experience a, a pilgrim shrine or when you feel a, a kind of devotion to Our Lady, right? Um, it, it is deeply personal and that, that's entirely true. One of the things that I love about Lourdes though is that um, there's, a, there's an encounter with the present age happening there. Mm. Right, so right. the apparitions of which we're going to get into all happened in the 19th century. Um, and in, at that period of time in France, for those of you that know your French history well, um, there was a, a lot of upheaval right after the French Revolution. A lot of the kind of cultural, uh, the cultural things that the church relied on for the grace of faith had been destroyed or threatened or otherwise challenged. Uh, the scientific revolution had happened. And what is what does our Lord give us? What does Our Lady give us? But a, but a place to challenge those mm-hmm. ideas, those um, those aspects of the Age of Revolution, by giving us this, th- these incredible miracles, just miracle after miracle, defying the best of scientific reasoning. And so, Lords became a, a kind of place of of um, a dialogue. I mean, you know, I'm looking for a better word. Lords was just like a direct confrontation to the age saying, no, this is what the Lord your God can and will do. And when you think that God can't or won't do something, he will prove you wrong again and again and again. Yeah. And by the way, we're going to document it with a ton of physicians oh. that don't believe in God. And we're going to, we're going to have <laughs> them tell you that something is happening here, which they themselves cannot explain. So that's why we're, we're going to seek out those exact people to testify to the mercy of God. And this may be something that we get into earlier, but the reality is like, these kind of constant conversations and constant um, 
you know, miracles in the, in the contemporary world, for me is always this recognition that the God that seems at a distance, that is unseen, hasn't forgotten about us. That's right. Right. He, he cares about this present day. He cares about our present context and the individual, his children that are still walking this earth now. He's not a God of the distance. He's not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. Um, but he's God of this moment too. And the miracles at Lourdes, the apparitions at Lourdes are another articulation. And it speaks to kind of, you know, the general abandonment issues that humanity goes through, that we are not forgotten. The Lord hasn't forgotten about us. Well, Father Gismandi, to someone who doesn't know anything about Lourdes, uh, where, do, where do we have to begin to start explaining uh, what, what happened there? What's the story yeah. of Lourdes? Um, I'm going to go back even one step further, and I want to say, before we can start talking Please. about Lourdes itself, we have to start talking about what an apparition is. This is, guys, just to our listeners, this is very Dominican right now. Like, I know you all, I just asked a question, right? But a Dominican will always answer, how about we talk about this other thing, which is kind of related? So I'm just going to clarify my terms and define some things, and then we can move forward. <laughs> it's just like this right. subtle thing of, problem. like, yeah, that's right. I acknowledge that I'm not going to answer your question directly. I'm going to answer it the way, but I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm not being an idiot. Anyway, um, we have to talk about what an apparition is. Because I think for a lot of people, they hear the words apparition of the Blessed Mother, apparition of our Lord Jesus, and they think it's a ghost sighting. Right. Like, we've all watched A&E in the History Channel where they have those ghost hunters. Like, is that what we're talking about? Do we get our little, like, magnetic field things out and say, like, oh, this is the Blessed Virgin here? What are we talking about as an apparition? The first thing is that they're not ghosts. (laughs) We're not talking about ghostly appearances. This is an apparition. It's it's the real uh, appearance of this individual um, so it's the appearance of the Blessed Virgin Mary in this world at a specific time in a specific place. Right. So the the Lord has seen in his mercy that it would be beneficial to um, humanity if he permits um, one of his saints or the Blessed Mother to enter into this world and to appear in a full form at this time and place for a specific reason. And so as we talk about the um, apparitions, it is a unique and extraordinary grace, but is the full appearance and not just a, um, a mirage. It's not just a figment, but it's the real appearance of the Blessed Virgin Mary at this time and place. Yeah, that's right. That's great. That's all really, really good, really fundamental. And right out of the gate would help you to clarify, you know, if you were having this conversation with someone you know, who's, who's not a Catholic, um, or maybe ask some questions about the Blessed Virgin Mary, that you're absolutely right. I would, I would start there, right, and say like, hey, this is what we actually believe, yeah. that God in his mercy and in his wisdom affords this grace for the Virgin Mary to become present in this particular time and place. Yeah, mm-hmm. super helpful. So the, so the background of Lourdes, right, what, what, actually, what actually happens at Lourdes? Well, in a nutshell, uh, this, lovely, this lovely girl, Bernadette Subaru, mm-hmm like the car. Um, Bernadette is, uh, Bernadette is out collecting firewood. Uh, and, uh, that was just for you, Father Joseph Anthony. Bernadette is out collecting firewood one day and she, she sees, uh, this beautiful lady. And what's beautiful about the different Marian apparitions is that our lady has different 
adornments um, that identify yeah. her with a particular yeah. site. So Bernadette, when she sees this lady, she sees a lady wearing a white dress uh, with a white veil, a mm -hmm. blue belt, and with yellow or golden roses on each of her feet. So that's the like that's the sign for Lourdes. If you're trying to identify, you're saying like, okay, I, I know this is an image of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I don't know which one it is. Lords, white veil, blue sash, gold roses. Done. Yeah. Um, Done. So she, so Bernadette sees the Blessed Mother appearing to her. And by the way, Bernadette is not a person of note, right? She's a, she's born into a family who's impoverished. Um, they're living in um actually a, what was a former prison it's a really dank place it's it's very difficult when you visit it's very difficult to imagine a family living mm -hmm. here and where is she looking for firewood she's out in um in like a dump basically on the banks of, of the river gav um and when bernadette sees this lady she makes the sign of the cross and prays the rosary with the lady and i think that's that's a really interesting part um of this first presentation of this first image. Uh, and then Bernadette goes along her way. So this is like the first encounter. This is the first encounter at Lourdes. Mm -hmm. um, and it's pretty, it's a pretty wild thing. So, so then what happens, Father Joseph Anthony? There is a series of apparitions. And I think, what, what is it? 17 in all? Um, yeah, that's right. Exact so number, 17 in all. Um, that span um, the beginning in February, February 11th, which we now celebrate as the Feast of Our Lady of Lords, but February 11th, uh, 1858, all the way through till July. Um, so there's a, a, a the sequence in a series of revelations with a, a, a slow evolution, slow revelation of different messages uh, for uh, the people of God and about her son Jesus and even her own identity. Uh, and, and one of those, is um yeah I, I, one of those are, are a few different requests and so mm -hmm. um one of the requests is that the blessed mother asks that um th that bernadette come to the grotto and and all the uh, apparitions take place in the grotto but that she come to the grotto um with a lit candle and and this kind of procession to the grotto to the appearance with the lit candle is is one of the origins that that request is continually fulfilled in Lourdes with the different processions that are done there every day there are two separate processions one is a eucharistic procession um and one is a rosary procession and the uh, blessed mother even goes further in a different apparition and requests that the priest come to this place in procession so there's this unique um and i would even say very catholic request that we have this history and tradition of processions in its most extreme form it would be a pilgrimage right and now this place has become a site of pilgrimage and procession um but that there's always this movement in lords uh whether it's a candlelit procession or the priest in procession uh, connected to that. That's right. And I, I love that you started there and said like, okay, there's a series of apparitions and this is what our lady has asked for. Because if you go to Lourdes without knowing that the oh, things yeah. done there are part of the apparitions, you just think like these, these Catholics, you know, this is another Crazy. Disneyland <laughs> yep. and they're just making stuff up and, uh -huh. you know, it kind of looks cool and it's beautiful, but, but you could, you could walk away thinking just that and you could miss 
that these are the actual ways that Our Lady is calling us to greater devotion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, greater love, not not only to to herself, uh, but but to her son. And uh, Lords, the customs, the tradition of Lords are are so powerful because, as Father just said, you know, their connection to the apparitions are what Our Lady has asked for. So when we come back, um, we're going to chat a little bit more about some of the things that Our Lady asked for, a little bit more about what was said in the apparitions. And then we're going to talk about the 70 miracles of Lourdes. You are listening to Godsplaining. Visit us at godsplaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store, and donate to our podcast. All gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support. Welcome back. We're so happy that you've joined us for this episode about Our Lady of Lourdes. Uh, in the first part of the episodes, we were talking about what a Marian apparition is, right? As some of the things that happened at Lourdes. And now I think we have to talk, Father Joseph Anthony, yes, about the water, yes. because that's such a huge part of Lourdes. We didn't bring that up in the first part of the episode. So what is what what is this what what is the deal? What is the connection what's going on here? What's, between what's Lords and water? You know, like people bring back the little bottles of yeah. holy water, Lords. What gives? What's that all about? So as we mentioned in the last segment, the Blessed Mother makes a few different requests and messages uh, in her apparitions. And at one time, um, she asks Bernadette to uh, go and retrieve water. And so Bernadette thinking smartly there's a river flowing like maybe 50 yards behind her turns around starts going towards the river and the blessed mother stops her or the woman stops her and says no right where you are standing now remember as we mentioned earlier the site of the apparitions is this like trash heap it's the city place of of the city dump and so bernadette begins digging through the water through the trash through the ground and ends up finding a spring of water that had never been found before, never existed before. And it is this miraculous spring that continues to flow to this day. And scientists have no idea where it's coming from. They don't know the source of it. It's this very crisp, freezing cold water. Uh, And the Blessed Mother asks and makes a request that those who drink and bathe in this miraculous water will experience healing. And this is where we're going to get to a little later, but there are tremendous um, physical healings that are attributed to the water, to those who drink and bathe in the water, according to our Blessed Mother's request. Um, But I remember when I was a pilgrim there and I was a volunteer there, one of our guides said, you may see physical miracles, you may not. I can guarantee you, you will encounter um, spiritual miracles. There are thousands. There may be only be 70 physically attested to miracles, but there are thousands of interior miracles of faith that take place here every day because of Our Lady's request. The uh, the, the water is such an incredible part of it. I'm right. You know, as we said, pilgrims will go, they'll collect it, they'll take it home, they'll drink it. You could drink it there um, and no, nothing's done to it. It's just this pre- pure mountain spring. Yeah. Uh, that that you can drink from, people bathe in it. Um, the baths are, are an, an incredible thing. And I, I think the connection to water is so important because um, baptism is, of course, the great act of healing that every Christian uh, that every Christian undertakes. And we're only baptized once. We're baptized, most of us, when we're children. Uh, but the, the symbolism of Lourdes and water is that symbolism of renewal, that water, which is the, that life-giving thing, uh, 
that when we go and when we bathe in the water prayerfully, it's like a kind of second baptism, right? It's mm-hmm. where we can make an act of faith, where we can entrust our lives uh, to the Lord, to his blessed mother, and we can ask for healing graces. Uh, the first miracle happened in the middle of the night where a woman with a, a crippled arm went to Lourdes, having heard about the spring and having heard about the grotto and plunged her dislocated arm actually uh, into the into the spring and immediately her arm and her hand regained their movement <laughs> so there's <laughs> one of one of the things that's really phenomenal um and i mean that in the sense um the scientific sense it cannot be explained is that over and over again the miracles of lords are instant um mm-hmm. they, they just happen uh, they just happen quickly um, so there's so it's not a sense of like over time someone heals from something after they've been to Lord. No, like this happens immediately. Um, and that's part of the, that's part of the criteria actually that's examined when a miracle mm-hmm. is uh, mm-hmm. confirmed as, as being, uh, as being uh, approved for Lord. So Father Joseph Anthony, can you tell us a little bit about, about that process? Like, how is it, um, you know, that we know there are so many miracles of Lord's, why do we speak about the miracles mm-hmm. at Lord's, which with such great confidence and with such certainty? Well, it always takes us back to the scriptures and how the Lord heals physically mm. within the scriptures himself. You know, um, think of the woman with the hemorrhages. You know, she hears about Jesus and she thinks to herself, if only I could touch the tassel of his robe. And then she goes into this big crowd and then reaches out and barely touches the tassel and the Lord feels power go out from him immediately. Right. And right. so, but he turns to her and says, your faith has saved you. So when there are physical miracles, miraculous healings like this, it is to take us in in a deeper faith into the divinity of the Lord himself, into the the mystery, the incarnation of God made flesh. And so anytime these miracles take place is to deepen our faith. And now there's a whole process because many people can claim these things, right? Oh, I had this healing. But we also know, like, we live in a world of fallen humanity, and there's a bunch of shysters out there. And so how do we actually know, like, this is, uh, this is actually God healing in order to strengthen our faith? And so there's a very intense medical process, because these are all medical healings that need to document the, the state of the person before the claimed healing, and then the state of the person afterwards. And can we point to a moment at Lourdes that there's unexplainable change of healing that that nobody else can explain outside of the direct intervention of God himself? So it involves medical doctors. It involves documentation. It involves uh, atheists. They have a number of atheist scientists and medical doctors as a way to say, like, this isn't just a bunch of um, religious fanatics who are trying to force a confirmation here, but that there's a, a, a deep um, n- a misunderstanding. Nobody knows, nobody can explain this uh, yeah. from either side. Yeah. So since 1883, there's been a, a bureau of physicians and scientists that have been part of this that have that have looked at the looked at the healings of Lords and Pope Pius X established an official healing office in 1905. Mm-hmm that looks at all these miracles. But as Father Joseph Anthony said, they subjected to rigorous scientific scrutiny. They engaged a, a whole process of testimony, which is why even today, miracles at Lourdes are still happening. 
and are yes. still being declared as official miraculous healings by the church, by the Lord's Medical Bureau office. So the 70th miracle of Lord's beautiful healing of her religious sister happened just a few years ago. And yeah. this woman is walking around France and is recognized in the grocery store by people who have seen her on TV <laughs> testifying to the miracle that she uh, experienced because of Lourdes. It's, it's just really, really incredible. I could do a whole episode on, on that on that yeah. healing story alone. Well, one of the things I love about that healing story is it, it took place in Lourdes. Her encounter, her healing in Lourdes took place after both of us have gone there. Yes. Like we were yeah. there before this ever happened. Yeah. It, uh, that's to me that's mind-boggling uh and and i love that aspect of it the uh and that the, the, the fruits of the apparition and uh and um of the place are, are still are still happening you know just a really incredible thing um a, as we kind of wrap up though i i want to say one i want i want to say one last thing because um or or draw our attention to one last element of lords father joseph anthony what was it that convinced the parish priest, that Bernadette was telling the truth. Cause I think this, I think this is one of the last key, you know, we've talked about the importance of praying the rosary mm -hmm. of washing with the water of the miracles of uh, carrying candles of the processions. But, but this is the doctrinal point of Lords that is really key here. As, as we say with everything with the blessed Virgin Mary, she always draws things back to her son, uh, her, her purpose and specifically in apparitions are to draw others to her son in unique, particular ways. But, um, Bernadette, young Bernadette, 12, 13-year-old Bernadette, um, goes to the parish priest uh, carrying one of the messages of the lady, saying she wants priests to come in procession and all these other things. He, being a, a good, holy uh, parish priest, is very skeptical of a young 13-year-old girl saying that she has a message for him. So uh, he just makes a simple request and says, what is the name of this lady? Mm -hmm. And she goes back and she asks the lady her name. And in a the local dialect, the local French dialect, which I'm sure you can uh, pronounce for me, and if you want to say it, um, but the lady identifies herself as the the Immaculate Conception. And so Bernadette dutifully goes back to the parish priest and says, "The lady says she's the Immaculate Conception." Now, why is this important? This is 1858. The doctrine of the Immaculate Conception was confirmed in what 1850. Just a few years prior. Yeah, yeah, even sooner than that. It was like less than a decade before that. It was actually doctrinally pronounced and confirmed. There is no way an illiterate 13-year-old peasant girl should know anything about the Immaculate Conception. And so when the parish priest hears her say this, he's, he sees what's happening. And he knows that this is not just a lady. This is... The Blessed Virgin Mary, and that's that was uh, the confirmation for him. Yeah, just really an incredible thing. There's so many, so many miracles of the Lord's. We really, we encourage you to go visit the what, the official website yes. of the Sanctuary of the Lord's. Um, you can check it out. You can read all about the miracles. You can read the reports of what was actually said during the apparitions. Um, you can view the rosary. You can pray the rosary online from the Grotto at Lord's. But I, I really encourage you. Um, you know, as we celebrate um, the feast of Our Lady of Lords, to open your heart to Our Lady, to return again to this Marian devotion, which has given so much, so much life to the church, which has been a source for so many of physical and spiritual healing. And, uh, you know, again, just to, uh, to be renewed by it. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
If you're following the podcast, uh, we thank you very much. You know, we're grateful to all those who support us financially, to our Patreon benefactors. Um, we, we really appreciate um, the, the upgrades we've been able to make. Speaking of that, if you haven't checked out our website, um, check it out. We got a little facelift recently, so you can visit us online at godsplaining.org. We've got a few events um, that are open there. We've got upcoming pilgrimages, summer retreats, all, all kinds of things. So make sure you check those out on the website. Uh, visit the store. And if this episode was helpful to you, if you think someone could benefit from hearing it, please like or share the episode. Um, we're always grateful for five-star reviews uh, and Apple Podcasts. That really helps us. No, it does the algorithm, you know, know. just yeah. promotes the podcast. So we're grateful to, for all of you who have uh, reviewed the show and shared it. Uh, until next time, know of our prayers for you. God bless. Thanks for listening to Godsplaining, a work of the Dominican Friars of the province of St. Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a review on your podcast app and visit us at godsplaining.org.